you or Michael McDowell in a singing competition? Oh, okay. I should take ping pong back because I'm going to give Michael this one. Michael will out of nowhere outwrap anybody you've ever known, and that is like a hidden talent of his, and I cannot do any of that. So definitely Michael. This is Mario Andretti, and you are listening to Below the Yellow Line. Everybody and welcome back to the Below the Line podcast presented by Wicked Mix and Wicked Minis. We have a new promo code for you guys. Use code BTYL10. Again, that's BTYL10 to get 10% off your order of Wicked Mix and Wicked Minis when you order via the phone. Just call 501-374-2244. Again, 501-374-2244. Tell them that we at the Below the Line podcast referred you there and you can receive 10% off your order. Again, that's 501-374-2244. 2244 offer expires on January the 31st. Our guest today is Mr. Travis Peterson, the crew chief of Michael McDowell's number 34 Ford Mustang Dark Horse in the NASCAR Cup Series. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm good, and you? Doing fantastic. My first question for you here, going to jump right into it. It's the offseason, and as fans, as media people, it's awful because we're sitting around. We have to resort to watching old races. We don't know what to do with ourselves. But as a crew chief, I imagine it's quite a bit different. I imagine you still have a decent amount of work to do. What does an off-season look like for a NASCAR Cup Series crew chief? Yeah, well, for us, it's not awful because it's the one time of year we get to spend a little time at home. So uh, for me, it's been pretty great. Uh, I've been focusing mostly on spending time with my wife and daughter. Um, but for us at the shop, you know, this is my first full off season as a crew chief. Last year, I was accepting the job, so um, that was new. Now it's my first year, kind of really orchestrating one, and um, it's been good so far. Um, I'd say the the thing that's been the most surprising is that it's a lot more work. When I was a race engineer, you could kind of hit certain jobs done and then check out. You don't really get to check out. You know, I have to deal with uh, getting new people for the team that we're we've lost or we're replacing. Um, orchestrating how we want to make our processes better throughout the shop. Um, obviously starting to spec things for next year, waiting on the new dark horse car parts. Um, there's, there's always a lot going on for sure. Got a little downtime there around Christmas, but other than that, it's been pretty wide open. I would, I would think so. Crew chiefs, it, it is a year round job and, and everybody always talks about the drivers getting that time off. And I'm, I'm glad you have been able to find time off because NASCAR is the longest season in all of American professional sports. It lasts nine months from the start of February to November, but it is really hard in this business to get time off. And I'm, I'm really glad that you have that. Um, you talked about last year and not really even having a full off season. But despite that, you guys still had a pretty good year. You made the playoffs, and of course, you made the playoffs on the back of that huge win at the Indianapolis Road Course. How big was that win for you? Obviously, for Michael, it was his second career win. But how big was that win for you personally, your first with Michael as a crew chief? Yeah, I mean, luckily, it was a season-defining moment for us. Um, you know, we were right there on the bubble and, and fighting for everything we could there the whole time. And you know, we, we wanted to kind of make it in on points, too, just to say, you know, that's almost more impressive than getting a one-off win. Um, luckily, our one-off win wasn't a, a fluke or a surprise. That was the, the beauty of the Indy win for us. So, you know, I, honestly, when I got into the sport, my goal is to become a crew chief 
and win races. And, uh, you know, it's that was just my realistic goal to myself. Obviously, you want to win championships. You want to do all that stuff. But um, I think I thought that was at least possible. So to have achieved that, you know, personally in my first year was, was really awesome. And now i got to set the bar a little bit higher and, and keep it up. Well, speaking of that bar, you know, you guys won Indy last year, and I think if not for that mechanical issue, probably would have been a contender for the win at Watkins Glen. What are your expectations for you and the team in 2024? Obviously, you want to build on it, but how far do you really think you guys can go, and, and do you think you can get into victory circle multiple times in 2024? You know, I definitely think our, our expectations are even higher now because of having decent success in our first year. Um, you know, our, the goal is always to make the playoffs and then see what happens, so um, that was our goal this year, whatever it took to do that. And then, you know, honestly, the way we were running right leading into the playoffs and then other than a few miscues, I thought there was a genuine chance we could have finished somewhere 12th to 10th in points this year. Um, it just, you know, a few things kept us from doing that. So I think obviously the goal is to get back to victory lane. I think, you know, we, we grew, me and Michael, together throughout the year and were able to show that, you know, we can be a threat at every single road course now, and we plan to keep that up. Um, so if we don't go contend for wins at road courses, we'll probably be pretty disappointed with ourselves this upcoming season. Um, obviously, the goal is also to get the improvement in every other track where we can contend for wins as those uh, anywhere. Um, but, you know, that will probably be our biggest goal next year is just kind of improve on last year. So obviously that means make the playoffs again, try to get a win again. Um, but I'd be happy if we consistently improve our performance at every track. Uh, and put ourselves in top 10 contention at more tracks that we haven't historically done that. Well, that, that'd be great to see you guys being contention at road courses. And Michael is such a good road course driver. And FRM clearly improving that road course program. You talked a little bit about trying to get more parts in for this new car. And I have to imagine this new body, it's, it's not a complete overhaul. It's still a Ford Mustang, but it's this dark horse now, which is just about the coolest sounding name for an already cool machine and a you know, mean looking race car, but how do you think that's going to impact the team? Does it make things a little harder having to adjust to a new body style? Is it an advantage over Chevy or, or sorry, over, uh, well, yeah, Chevy's the only manufacturer, I guess, that a new body this year. How are you guys looking at this from a shop perspective of this new body? Yeah. So, uh, Chevy stayed the same. Toyota got a new body and we got a new body. Um, we're really hoping that that's a huge advantage for us because honestly, I think Ford's felt they were a little off at certain tracks last year. And the body, you know, aerodynamics. So anywhere we go faster, the more important that's going to be. Um, it it's puts you a little behind in terms of we're not building cars right now. Or we're not refining our build process because we're waiting on getting all the parts and pieces. Um, you know, us at Front Row, we're going to be now hopefully in the new alliance we have this season uh, at a higher tier of the Ford data. Um, I'm sure you follow in the sport. You know that there's teams that get all the way up to aero data and teams that don't. And we're hoping to be part of that now. And and see that soon, which all that's going to be really great. We just have to keep you know sight of the fact that it's all new and we have to not overload ourselves. But uh, so hopefully that new body, new aerodate, everything should really help elevate our program. Yeah, and and I think it will. And having that data is so important in an era where it seems like almost everybody has that it's still not that way you see all these guys looking at telemetry but there still are those teams that, that get that and those teams that don't so i'm glad more teams and especially a team like yours that has worked so hard over this past decade to get to that point is finally getting that uh, you also mentioned you mentioned at the start this is your first full off season as a crew chief and you also mentioned that you and michael mcdowell gelled over the season 
how long did it take to get that chemistry? Because you, it's really difficult to win a race or have success in the Cup Series if your driver and crew chief don't have chemistry, if they don't work well as someone who is a Dale Jr. fan growing up in the Lance McGrew years. Trust me, I know. But how how difficult was it to get chemistry for you guys, or or was it easy? Did you just did you guys just kind of gel from the start and say, okay, we're going to win a lot of races, we're going to have a lot of success? I don't think it was super hard and and I think it's just it worked out well with me and Michael's personalities to be able to to hit the ground running. Um, you know, we did have some experience with each other via technical alliance leading up to it, but I think we're just both incredibly honest and open people that aren't really bashful about, uh, you know, pulling punches and that helped us grow quickly to get to that point. Um, I think, you know, it still takes time. You still have to learn each other's styles. I had to do things to see how he reacted and, and he had to do things to see how I reacted and, and learn the car and what he liked setup wise. And I think, you know, it probably took us the first third of the year at least to kind of figure all that out. And then we were able to apply it and get better through the summer months. Um, and that's where hopefully this next year is, is going to be a better iteration of that same thing. Well, I think it's definitely prime to be. You had that one year of experience under your belt, and most teams, most driver crew chief combinations, rather, usually do much better in year two just because they have that year under your belt. My last question for you, it's technically four questions, but since we just talked about the chemistry that you and Michael have, I thought we'd go a little less serious now. You know, it's almost the start of the season. Tensions are kind of high. Everybody's just waiting to get to the racetrack. So I thought I'd try to break that ice. So what I'm going to ask you now, it's kind of a series of rapid-fire questions. Four I guess, competitions between you and Michael. And I just want you to answer, since you seem to know each other pretty well, which one of you would, would win, I guess, in each one of these? So I'm going to start off, you or Michael McDowell in a game of ping pong? Oh, man, I might be down to the wire. I think we both have probably – I think Michael – I don't know. I'm going I'm to give that one to Michael just because it's been a while since I played ping pong, and he usually uh, finds a way to win whatever he's doing. Well, that's true. He's got that that winning mindset, that winning pedigree. You or Michael McDowell in a singing competition? Oh, okay. I should take ping pong back because I'm going to give Michael this one. Michael will out of nowhere outwrap anybody you've ever known, and that is like a hidden talent of his, and I cannot do any of that. So definitely Michael. You would not expect Michael McDowell to be the guy in the garage going around dropping rap verses, but okay. I mean, it, <laughs> that sounds like a good time. You or Michael McDowell in a Martinsville hot dog eating contest? Me, for sure. You were very confident about that one. I'd love to get Michael's point of view. Michael tries to eat healthy that too and much. Ask him, you know, uh, was so Travis lying about I, would, that I would definitely crush him. Oh, yeah. I would always love to see. I think it'd be great for the sport if we brought in Joey Chestnut and whoever the other competitive eaters are that always do that on 4th of July for a Martinsville hot dog eating contest. Obviously, prop up the races, but also it would increase the hot dog sales tenfold, I'm sure. The last one here, who is the most likely to make an opposing crew chief or driver angry at them? You or Michael McDowell? Oh, I don't know. Probably me. I'm usually a little more brash than he is, but... At the end of the day, he's holding the wheel, so he's the one that's going to do the act that makes people mad on the racetrack usually. So just depends on the situation, I guess. But, uh, again, back to our uh, overly honest personalities, not afraid to pull punches. We both can come, kinda come across that way sometimes. <laughs> not afraid to pull punches. Not afraid to throw them either, it seems, for both of you. So hopefully you don't get in any altercations that lead to that. But if you do, 
Uh, I'll be I'll be watching out for you on the war. I mean, it's called the war wagon for a reason. It's not all sunshine and rainbows up on that pit box all the time. So, you know, uh, I'll be watching for you throwing some punches. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show today. Back to a serious note. We do wish you all the best here in 2024. It's primed to be a great season over there at Front Row. Got a lot of good guys coming back. So wish you all the best. Uh, I'll be at the Daytona 500 watching you guys. See if you can uh, get Michael that second Daytona 500 win. So uh, best of luck for 2024 and beyond. And thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.